uh, hey, um, yeah, this month, uh, topics a little bit more adult. We're talking about sex. So any kids that are listening to this, uh, don't, unless your parents know, then I guess it's cool. But uh, listener discretion is advised? Yeah. Okay, let's do this. Hi everyone, welcome to Reluctantly Adult, an advice podcast for people who believe they shouldn't be allowed to adult. I'm your host, Charmel Scipio, and I reluctantly adult. Uh, today is Valentine's Day Eve. Yeah, and um, I have a special treat for everyone. Uh, last week, I had an all-guys roundtable where they talked about sex and sexuality and how they all related to it. And this week, I have five ladies talking about the same thing and it produced a completely different conversation as you all can imagine uh so i have vanessa tammy liz tyson and shannon um and myself we're all talking about how we relate to sex um, sort of what it means when we hear it things that we expect from our partners deal breakers all the things that you could possibly expect it was a great conversation totally had a lot of fun uh the drinks were flowing and um the ladies got real So turn up your headphones and enjoy. Welcome to Reluctantly Adults. Uh, Please introduce yourselves to the people. Hi, everyone. My name is Vanessa. Hi, everyone. I'm Tammy. My name is Liz. Tyson. Hello, my name is Tyson. (laughs) Hi, I'm Shannon. Great. And uh, I have all of these ladies together in one way or another uh, to talk about sex. So this is our um, all ladies sex round table. I really thought I was going to find a better way to put that sentence together, like <laughs> leading up to this, but I, it just has not come to me. So that just hasn't happened. That sounds just right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure for some, they're just like, this is great. <laughs> Um, but essentially, you know, we're, we're just going to be talking, you know, about preferences, about different things that have happened to us um, as it relates to sex. Um, so the first question that I have, like, out of the gate is, if you had to choose, what would your sexual spirit animal be? I actually like this one, because uh, <laughs> you have to differentiate, is it your you pick your favorite animal or you know actually try to relate it to sex so mm. um, my favorite animal is a squirrel and so I was like oh maybe I should go with that you know squirrel nuts in my mouth and like all that <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. and then I'm like no let me let me put let me put, put it back and so it's actually a fox I chose okay because they're cute but they're mysterious and playful and but they're also they're good on their own yeah so I like, all right I think, it's, I think it's a mix that's cool even that's, though that's good yeah foxes can have nuts in their mouths too i guess <laughs> I, I guess if that's <laughs> i've never seen that type of fox but you know that's that's cool i'm, I'm gonna look that up i'm gonna write that down <laughs> look that up uh what about you liz um i think that my sexual spirit animal would have to be a snake um okay. i really you know like not for the sake of the the obvious uh phallic metaphor but i really like snakes um if you've ever had a chance to hold a snake they're um all muscle which is like so it's like a very uh sensual thing and so i think just kind of the idea of being like strong all over and also sensitive all over um Mm. something that 
works for me. That's 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 interesting. I, I find snakes creepy, so that that's definitely <laughs> not it for me. Um, what about you, Shannon? I'm gonna say chameleon. Okay. Um, oh, that's a good one. And yeah, and I and I think that that sort of speaks to probably some of the things that we'll cover a little bit later on. So I'm just gonna leave it at that right now. Okay, uh, Tyson. Yeah, for me, I looked at this as how that relates to how I am sexually. Mm-hmm. So I chose the tiger. Okay. Only because you know they hunt their prey. <laughs> you know they look before just to see what's going on to see if I actually want to waste my time. And if I find something I like, then you know I'm going for it, and that's it. It's right. Fine. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. I see you. Uh, what about you, Tammy? Well, mine is very similar in, in what you were just describing. I would say it's a wolf. Um, I, I'm very active in what I go after, mm-hmm. and, but I can also lie back and wait, and I love the sensual way that a wolf moves her mm-hmm. body. Okay. Uh, I have not thought about this, like, at all. Like, in spite of creating these questions, I, just, <laughs> I was just like, oh, this seems cute. Thanks for that, Liz. Like, that's, a, that's a good idea. Let's ask that. And I didn't think about it. Um, shit, I should have thought about it. Um, God, like, like a bird, maybe? Like, like a bird? Like, because I'm, I'm really... I, I'm not flighty, per se, but it's, you know, I really got to trust you to, to, you know, want it... Uh, 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 am I there or am I not? Like it's it's. Sounds I, like you'll retru- you'll go forward and then maybe retreat. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm I'm terrible. Um, like a hawk. No, hawks are are predators. Like maybe not something that's like that. Like maybe a canary. Like if there's a problem, I'm out of here. Like <laughs> you're gonna know about it because I'm leaving. Uh, so yeah, maybe a canary because if there is an issue, I'm out. Like I'm I'm not sticking around to ask any questions. Like you're just gonna know. Um, yeah, so marginally confident big bird. (laughs) Thanks. Great. Great. Thank you. Now count to five. So that's great. That's all I need. That's all I need. Uh, PBS will be reaching out to me later. (laughs) Um, so now I have some fun questions like around, would you rather that relate to that relate to sex? So, um, would you rather give up cheese or give up oral sex? Now, to be sure, oral sex is in receiving, correct? Yeah. Oh, okay. if it was I mean, giving, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> keep it. I don't want it. I don't I'm, I'm going to rock out with the smots. <laughs> See, I thought it was funny because at first I'm like, no, I'd, I'd prefer the oral sex. But then I'm like, I'd, I'd give up the cheese. Yeah. Because I think it's, it's a double win where it's like you're saving on calories and you still get to have orgasms. So I'll give up the cheese, okay. save some calories, and... Go down there and have some fun. There you go. Okay. What about you, Tammy? Well, unfortunately, I've enjoyed more cheese than I have receiving oral sex. <laughs> but that is not because of me. Right, right. Uh, that's the skill level of those I've unfortunately been with most of the time. But I would still give up the cheese because those times that it's good, it's really good. Okay. Uh, what about you, Tyson? It's no question. I don't need no cheese. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Shannon? 
Oh yeah, it absolutely gave up the cheese. Do I actually get extra oral sex for the oh. <laughs> for the sacrifice? Yeah. I mean, I guess you. I guess you could talk about that. You know, like negotiate it or something. Like at, at the top, like when you negotiate salary. Like, listen, <laughs> these are the things I'm willing to give up, like for these other things. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm sure. Cheese opt out clause. Yeah, there you go. What about you, Liz? I mean, I pretty much already had to give up cheese, so I yeah. think I've already made this decision, actually. Okay. Like, definitely sticking with the oral sex. <laughs> Lactose intolerance already made the decision. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, to, to the point that, that Tammy made, like, God, it's all about the practitioner. And sometimes it really makes you say, I should have stayed home. And I should have ordered cheese fries, and I should have watched Netflix because this was such a waste of my time. And You're I don't want to teach them all. Yeah, like you also are not necessarily in the mood to have to teach someone, and you're just like, why couldn't you show up and know what to do? Like this is terrible. And I always think it's amazing at. I mean, everyone has their different sexual levels, but mm-hmm. you'll have one like um, heterosexual. So I'll have like one guy, and he's absolutely amazing like holy crap and this one particular guy said oh it's because i have i feel like i have a smaller penis so i want to make up for it Mm -hmm. um and then you have someone else like you're like okay you know wow you're good might have some like things to learn but it doesn't even reflect negatively on them it's just you have to learn what i like right right right. yeah that's true well and i think a lot of the time or sometimes it depends on who they've been with in the past because i feel like sometimes with some like especially if it's someone new like you can tell but you're like oh this really worked out for you really well with other people, didn't it? And, like, it's just not going to get me there. <laughs> so, ladies, should, we should do our part, too. <laughs> I guess. Oh, you're dusting off this old trick, are you? <laughs> yes. You want to um, meet the liar that they were left with who was giving them all that false yeah. encouragement. I do think we need to have, like, a conference where we're just like, listen, we are going you're to stop lying. Like, yeah. we're, this is what we're going to do. Um, no, I agree with you. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. So my second would you rather is, um, would you rather have multiple orgasms when you had sex or spontaneous orgasms you never knew were coming? See what I did there? (laughs) See that? (laughs) See what I did there? Uh, Tyson, what do you, what do you think on that? Well, for me, it's all about the orgasm, so... I'd rather not. <laughs> it's going to be every day, and it's going to be no gratification for me. Like, why am I doing this? I'm no, 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 no. I mean, would you rather have um, multiple orgasms when you had sex, like all the time, or would you rather them just be spontaneous, like you're oh, going to the grocery store? Oh, okay. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. When you're going to the grocery store, like, yeah, like <laughs> you just you have no idea. Like, okay, so if you're if you're having sex with someone and you could have back to back, like, and that's great, like all the time, or you could just be at the movie theater and pow, you get hit with one. Oh no, 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 back to back one. Okay. No back to back. It has to be back to back because there's going to be a scene out in public that I'm, <laughs> I probably shouldn't even be. <laughs> You're going to be walking with, down so. aisle four by the Oreos. Oh, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> People will be like, "That's this, exactly what's going to happen." This girl loves her Oreos, huh? <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. If so. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Tammy, what do you think about it? Oh, definitely multiples. I love those those waves mm-hmm. when you can just feel it start to ebb and then it flows again. And then mm-hmm. even though it's not as strong as that initial, it's, oh, that's such a ride and I love it. Yeah, okay. Vanessa? Same thing. Yeah, I can't imagine 
<clears throat> having, you know, again, walking walking down the street or, you know, passing a playground. Oh, you look like you give up, Give them all to me in the bedroom, in the shower, wherever. I want to know when they're happening and I want them to happen when I'm having sex. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I guess with spontaneous, it does. it's not necessarily promise that you'll have it when you're actually having sex. Then, then you get to clean up or like, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Shannon? Clean up on our fire. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to choose the traditional sort of answer to the, the sort of under normal circumstances. I can't really afford the, the time that would be taken away from sort of an involuntary hospitalization. So, um, yeah, I, I think with, you know, with a partner by myself, um, I, I would prefer um, the first. Okay. Sure. Liz? Yeah, no, definitely. The multiples. I, I feel like it's no contest. Um, I mean, also because, you know, like like people are talking about um, having it happen, you know, like getting off unpredictably while you're doing your things. Like, I think in a way that would almost diminish your enjoyment of it if you're like trying to keep your shit together. Like I, I share a small office with multiple other people and we have glass walls, you know, like if you're, if you're just like trying to keep a lid on it and can't like let yourself go, you're not going to enjoy it as much right. compared with the other right. option being like multiple, like one after the other. Right. There's just, I don't think there's any contest. I don't know. I was, I was really hoping that someone would have said, yeah, for spontaneous, like <laughs> just, I was hoping I really had uh, someone it's that a was a medical condition. It happens to people. They do not like it. Yeah, they they yeah. don't like it. No, I I wish I knew what it was called. Um, maybe I'll find that out. And uh, it's called unemployable. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably true. That I think it depends on the true. job. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because if you're you know work from you, home, work, yeah, working from home, it's no problem. I mean, conference. You put your conference calls on mute anyway, so it's no problem. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's my dog barking. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So when I asked you all to be on this uh, on this episode, um, and you heard the word sex, like what what did that bring to mind for you? Like what when you hear the word sex, like what what does it mean to and for you, Liz? Oh man, asking first. Yeah, um, it's hard. I feel like it's not just one thing it's like a whole part of my life and identity and who I am and, mm-hmm. and way of interacting with people um, yeah so it's like an activity but also I guess like being naked which I like um, <laughs> and you know just all, all these ways of relating with people mm-hmm. uh, what about you Tyson yeah I kind of agree with Liz because you know, it's just interacting with people, but then I take it a step further and saying it's kind of like an adventure. Mm-hmm. He's trying to, trying to explore his body as well as knowing your body a little bit more. You know, I take it on as a challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, how can I please him? How, you know, what can he do to please me in a different way? So, right. you know, it's all about, all about the adventure for me. Okay, cool. Uh, what about you, Vanessa? When I hear the word sex, of course, you know, I'm thinking of the physical mm-hmm. aspect of it all. But honestly, I feel like that takes a backdrop to the actual relationship or the craziness that happens outside of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So I think sex, okay, great. But, oh, everything else that comes along with it, mm-hmm. do, is, is it even worth it? Is it great? So I think for me, I hear sex, but I honestly just think of everything else that comes along with it. Okay. Um, Shannon? Wow. Everyone just said a real mouthful. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, when I think about sex, I, I think about it from different perspectives. You know, sex, um, pleasure for myself, with myself, pleasure with a partner. Um, just uh, it being just a you know part of of who I am and how my attitude about sex has just really evolved a lot mm-hmm. um, over the past nearly thirty years that I've been a sexual person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, I guess initially um, when asked to talk about sex, I thought, well, that's kind of a private topic, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I find myself sort of surprisingly comfortable talking about it Mm -hmm. Um, because in reality it's, you know, it's completely natural. None of us would be here without it. Um, And I think that sort of getting to a point of being um, well into my forties, I no longer really care what people think about my attitudes on sex or um, my preferences. So it's, um, yeah, I think sex is, is, is exciting mm-hmm. um, physically. It's exciting uh, mentally and emotionally uh, to talk about it and to consider it. Uh, the reality of sex, the fantasy aspects of sex. So mm-hmm. what I've got to say about sex right now. <laughs> cool. How about you, Tammy? Um, as soon as I hear or even there's a slight mention of sex, excitement. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily mean as in being turned on, just vibrating like I spend my days helping women get in touch with their sensuality and Mm -hmm. it goes hand in hand oftentimes with their sexuality and it's the more it's my purpose it's my passion so it just gets me jazzed immediately Mm -hmm. and to know that there's other women who are willing to have open honest yummy conversations about Mm -hmm. it love it breaking down the walls breaking down the barriers we can empower ourselves to feel comfortable mm-hmm. with our own sensuality and sexuality and that's the way it should be cool so whenever i hear sex like the first thing that immediately pops into my mind is babies and not because <laughs> i want them like because i have a deathly like paranoia of like to the point that like i will not even entertain sleeping with someone that has children because immediately i'm like you were fertile <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, don't, I, wow. just, I can't. Cannot even like go, like go down that path because, and it, it, it's directly correlated to the way that I was raised. Like my my parents were like, it was like that scene in Mean Girls with the with the gym teacher where he's like, uh, don't have sex. Like you'll get pregnant and then you'll die. Like that's essentially what my parents said, and it was just like shit like that's what's gonna happen like and clearly like after a while like I was like okay you guys lied that's not true but I understood sort of the the point that they were making behind it is because a lot of their friends like growing up they had kids really young and a lot of their friends children had kids you know growing up and they didn't want it to be another situation of like if you get a like if you have a kid I'm raising another kid Mm -hmm. like essentially they're like you barely can get dressed in the morning and get yourself off to school, let alone like, you know, not be able to take care of another person. Mm-hmm. So for me, like I always have this sort of like anxiety like around it where I'm just like, oh my God, that's how babies get here. <laughs> like just like kind of like puts me off. Like immediately like when I hear sex, I'm just like, so who had a baby? <laughs> like it's 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 a weird thing to think. I get that, but it's literally immediately where my mind goes um 
thanks to my parents. So thank you, mom and dad. Don't have kids. And uh, I guess your job, I guess it worked. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, Do you guys have any like hard and fast rules around like your like deal breakers for for sex where you're like, it's a definite go or it's a no go Um, that that you're like, if I see it, it's I'm out of here. If a guy, this is Tammy, if a guy has given me any indication that he doesn't care about safety, mm-hmm. oh, total turns me off immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I'm not bringing anything to you. Don't bring me anything. Right, um, right. So that's a hard and fast deal for me. Okay. What about you, Tyson? If I can't have an intelligent conversation with you beforehand, that's an immediate deal breaker for me. Like, it hasn't to do with sex, per se, like the whole act, but... If we can't just sit down and talk mm-hmm. for a second about anything, it's just, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I don't care how good you look. It doesn't matter to me at this point. I'm over you. Okay. Uh, what about you, Liz? Um, I think men who don't listen to women, are that's like my deal breaker. Um, any kind of inkling that I get that he um, is not taking my uh, opinions or thoughts or wishes seriously, mm-hmm. Um, that just makes me terrified of like, you know, if we get into a situation where he and I want different things Mm -hmm. and, you know, will he actually respect that? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, how am I going to be treated? So any, any indication that I'm, uh, interacting with a guy who won't listen to women, that's, it's like done over shut down. Okay. Uh, what about you, Shannon? I think similar to what Tyson had said that, you know, arousal, arousal for me begins um, above the shoulders Mm -hmm. and you know before anyone kisses me touches me does anything physically that's even remotely suggestive uh, of sex I've got to feel some sort of um, intellectual connection Mm -hmm. um, just or you know other sort of mental connection with them to even begin to want to consider to have sex with them I mean and it's you know often has very little to do with um, how physically attractive I find a person. I mean, obviously, attraction is physical attraction is important, um, but I've certainly found myself drawn to very different types of men, um, but drawn to them because of how they've made me feel um, in the brain. Right. <laughs> before how they began to make me feel in the vagina. So. <laughs> Um, it's just, it's a very, the brain is, I think, you know, I believe, and certainly for me, my most powerful sexual organ. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Uh, what about you, Vanessa? I think like what, uh, what Tyson was saying and what seems to be the general pattern um, of what everyone's saying is um, having an, an intelligent conversation, being able to connect or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but I also think it's, at least for me, now, I'm in no way saying like one night stands are bad or anything like that, but uh, what makes me uncomfortable is the automatic willingness, okay. I guess, of a man saying, "Oh, okay, so you know we're at a bar, or whatever, having a good time, or whatever." <clears throat> I am in no way have hinted at all. Hey, let's go home and have sex. And right? Like, yeah. So, don't you, you want to come over tonight or mm-hmm. whatever? I'm like that that willingness, and even though sure you might want me over for just a drink or something, but the the idea of someone just you barely just met saying hey I kind of want to have sex with you tonight right personally for me that just makes me uncomfortable because if you're that pushy once I'm in your house 
how pushy are you to get? You know? Right. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that's something that I didn't think about as far as like talking to someone. Sort of what's being said there could be a lower grade version of what you would get when the two of you are alone. So that that's a fair sort of see that. Yeah. I think for me, um, if you're a bad kisser, like you got to get out of here. Like you have to go. Like you just, you just gotta go. Like you. It's honest to God. Like some of them, it's like kissing a dead fish. And I would, you know what? I'd make out with that dead fish instead because, (laughs) for God's sakes, like I've literally had a guy kiss my, like put his mouth around my whole mouth, like around. Around my whole, my whole mouth. Like was you, he an EMT? Was he confused? <laughs> like, unconscious on the floor? No, this was a guy that I met when I was in India. Maybe, I don't know if it was cultural. I don't know what it was. But it, it just whole mouth on my mouth. Like, I was just like, just like whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, what are you doing? And he, he saw like, them voluptuous lips. He's like, mm, that might be mouth. That might be true, but no one needs to Kylie Jenner challenge me. Like, I... <laughs> like you already said, like this, this, I was born this way. Like don't need any extra help here. And it was just sort of like, oh my God, like wh- this is terrible. Like immediately after that, like I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to hang out with him. And like, I was doing it for a friend. Like luckily she was dating his friend or whatever and they're married now. So yay, I, I did a good thing. But I was just like, I shouldn't have had to suffer in this way. Like someone just tried to hoover my face <laughs> off. And it was like wet too, and there were like, just it was it was so bad. It was so bad. Like, oh, it was gross. Um, but yeah, so you know, this, <laughs> fun times. Um, and around sort of like the sort of worst experiences. Like, what is the best sex advice versus the worst sex advice that you've ever received? Uh, I'll just jump in. I mean, it's, sure. it's not even so much. It, having received, but I think it's having sort of discovered over time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, obviously the, the orgasm is, you know, is important to everyone. Um, And it's not something that I find and typically um, hard to achieve. Mm -hmm. um, If you know your body well enough. Right. Um, Sometimes if you have a partner who just, you know, can't help to get you there, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've had a poor sexual experience with them. And I think that there's such an emphasis on everyone getting their cookies and everyone sort of winning that we put a tremendous amount of pressure on, um, on an encounter with someone Mm -hmm. and maybe someone that you don't know particularly well. And you think that you've had an unsuccessful experience with them, Mm -hmm. despite having felt a considerable amount of pleasure and, and, closeness and um and passion um that may not have resulted in that climax that you know we're told Mm -hmm. is the you know is the end-all be-all sign of having you know a successful amazing storybook sexual experience and i think that that really does a disservice to a lot of people um and that's something that i you know i feel that i've i've learned over time i Mm -hmm. mean it's great when it happens and it's not a disaster when it doesn't happen. It right. doesn't mean that I haven't had a great time and that my partner hasn't had a really great time. Um, you know, sometimes it has to do with just um, more time to discover and understand um, 
how you work together. Right. Um, so that's, uh, you know, again, it's, it's not advice that's been given, but it's um, advice that I would probably okay. <laughs> offer. Um, so. What about you, Liz? Yeah, I mean, I think um, good advice in general, but bad advice for me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my parents, well, especially my mom, um, growing up, you know, very open, very supportive. Um, and I remember, you know, multiple times when I was a teenager, like being in the car with my mom and my mom out of nowhere being like, you can still have sex when you're on your period. You just need to put a towel down. I'm like, Oh God, mom, like, no, I don't want to hear that from you. We're not talking about this. Like, Oh, come on. Um, so yeah, probably like Great advice for people in general, but for me at that moment, it's the last thing that I wanted to hear. Yes. Like, I love your mom for that. Like, just out of nowhere, just driving, just like, and then just, by the way. Like, yeah. She brought it up more than once. She really wanted me to know. And I'm, I <laughs> love it. What about you, Tyson? <laughs> Well, for me, it was kind of the opposite. Me and my mother really didn't talk about sex Mm -hmm. at all. So the best advice I got was from one of my older cousins. And she said, you know, if you're going to do something, swallow. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Good advice. (laughs) So that's the best advice I got from my older cousin. Okay. What about you, Vanessa? Um, It's funny because with my family, we weren't like, closed or sheltered but never had that type of conversation with (laughs) my mom in the minivan Um, so even though it's not the exact question I'm going to kind of flip it Um, I never got much advice Mm -hmm. but if I had to give advice and this is probably just because I'm um, going through this now um, is to have when you're having sex or just remember you're having sex with that one person Mm -hmm. not with anyone before you Mm -hmm. you really don't want to compare at all or as much as possible, as little as possible to previous partners. Um, so, like when you say if they're a bad kiss or something like that, mm-hmm. don't think, oh my goodness, Steve was so much better or something like this. You have to think, this is something we can work on so right. that me and you can actually have an active sex life. So, right. if anything, I know it's not the same question, but the best advice I could give is to live that sexual have that sexual experience with just that one person Mm -hmm. try as much as possible not to compare okay tammy okay i would say the worst is probably lay back and relax number one that immediately moves you right into your head and nobody's relaxing at that point plus the best compliments i've ever gotten are always you're very engaging and you are um active during uh, Mm -hmm. whether i'm giving or receiving right you can just the slightest movement of your hip so don't lay back and relax it's an active sport (laughs) and uh, the best advice that i that i received was from a girlfriend um college and she was like think about making an energetic connection at all times the pressure or where you touch or what you're fondling, what you're holding, that's going to come as long as you focus on staying connected mm-hmm. to that person, you know, like, um, and it really does, it does help and it, it makes it juicier and yummier and mm-hmm. more enjoyable, fulfilling. Okay, cool. I think for me, I, God, I think the, the worst advice that I ever received was no advice at all. Mm. Um, and I think that that leads to, 
a lot of, it leads to a lot of issues that you were talking about, Vanessa, where you can't help but to compare sometimes because there was nothing there for you to at least have a baseline as far as advice was con con considered or what have you. So you aren't exactly sure, you know, where you should plant your flag of, of, of knowledge, so to speak. Um, so I think for me, like growing up, like my parents were just like, literally like don't have sex, don't bring a kid here. And it's just like, there are so many things that are in between that. Like they're, they're, they're like we're talking about a spectrum here. Um, and, and there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of things in between, you know, and it's, it's just sort of like, yikes, like this, this is, this is terrible. Like the, but not knowing that it was terrible until much later and then it's being like, fuck, like I have to do a better job. Like if I do eventually get to that point of having a kid, like for me myself, like I, I just have to be sort of more vigilant in, in the manner in which I give advice or what have you. Um, but I think that. Uh, for like one of my friends uh, she was coming into having sex like she was a late bloomer sort of deal and we were just like it sounds like you're trying to rush this like don't don't rush this because you think you have to do it like you know there sure there are probably some stigmas around why you haven't done it but that's less of an issue if you're uncomfortable with doing this so like I think that was the best advice that I gave where I was just like you know, slow down and uh, get yourself some lube. Seriously, like that's, <laughs> you need that. And, you know, there are a bunch of different brands. Let us know what you're into and we can find it. But, you know, slow down and maybe get some lube. That is a great, good one, slow yeah. down. Because when mm -hmm. you mentioned that, um, like me personally, I didn't have, <clears throat> I didn't lose my virginity until I was 20, mm -hmm. just a couple months before I was 21. Mm -hmm. And uh, same thing with all my high school friends. We were... We, didn't even, we weren't even thinking about having sex when we were in high school. We were like, let's go to the pool or do the movies or something mm -hmm. like that. When I get to college, I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready. Let's do this. And I think that's like something you pride yourself on. So I would definitely, if I had to add something else, wait as long as you want to. I, right. there's re there, you're right. There really is no hurry. And if anything, I'm proud to be like, that's right. You know, I was not even barely able to drink alcohol <laughs> by the time I did. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a maturity thing, I think, in in that respect. Like, I, this particular person, like, I knew that they were mature enough for it, but I don't. There's something that you can't sort of explain of having of of being on the other side of it, and it's just sort of like you you don't know. It's an experience that you don't know what you don't know. Like it's very epistemic. Like you can't explain to someone what it feels like to be on the other side until they've actually explained it. And trying to put words to it, like you sound like an idiot. Honestly, <laughs> like you're just like, uh, I mean, you know, you you did what you wanted to do, and uh, you know, you don't really feel that different, but you definitely feel different. It's just like, <laughs> fuck, like I'm doing a terrible job to help you right now. Um, but. So for me, like a, a lot of the advice that I got, like for my parents, it, it wasn't, it, it was no advice really. Um, but the main advice was, you know, not to have kids or what have you. And I think in part, some of that came from their religious sort of backgrounds or what have you. And it wasn't, I wasn't a super religious kid. Like I had family members that were hyper religious or what have you, but my parents were probably borderline heathens. Don't know. <laughs> probably though. Um, but you know, I got churched as a kid, like taking a Sunday school and different things like that, but it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. 
but for for all of you sort of how did your religious beliefs sort of play into your decisions to you know have sex or, or to be sexual or what have you and, and does that s- still to this day have an effect on you in one way or another go ahead Tammy I consider this is like the story of my life my family um, they're Mennonite mm-hmm. so it's similar to Amish okay. and I, I also they, no one said a word to me about sex um, but where I learned about sex my uncle had a farm and I actually saw animals doing it right. <laughs> and I was intrigued I, I was you know I don't know maybe 11 12 year old mm-hmm. girl and so I read about it in an encyclopedia that's how I learned about sex and it's funny to this day because I don't have anybody's whispers in my ear mm-hmm. sex to me it's very it can be I of course I now have learned that there can be a relationship around it but also there's a side of me that it can just be very primal physical and that's okay. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no shaming, and that's what you don't often hear about when you're not told anything about sex. It often right. goes the opposite direction. Right now, I will say though, when I moved to Philadelphia after I I left that culture, mm-hmm. I did go into a culture shock, okay. but with the way people dressed and their sensuality. Mm-hmm. So where I didn't have a hang up with sexuality, I had a hang up with the way people would display their their sexuality. I see. So okay. that, it, it's just interesting how yeah. it played out for me. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> wow. That's a great question. That's a great question. I could talk forever, but I'm not going to. Another show. Um, what about you, Tyson? Now, for me, my mom was heavy in the church when she was little, so she didn't really push me going to church that much on me. So mm-hmm. when it comes to sex and religion, it's, wasn't really anything that really went hand in hand for me so mm-hmm. it really doesn't have any effect on me at this point so okay uh what about you liz yeah so um thinking about this because like growing up you know i mean i went to sunday school and stuff but we it wasn't something that my family really pushed um you know, my mom, like new age, I feel like gets used as kind of a pejorative term, but that genuinely best describes, um, Mm -hmm. kind of her attitude towards spirituality. Um, and that was what I got the most. So, you know, kind of thinking about it, my first instinct is like, no, you know, like sex, religion, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, as an adult, I'm a Buddhist. I've been Buddhist for like, you know, 16, 17 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a really important part for me of, of how I interact with the world. Um, and, you know, as, as a religion, it's, it's very much about um, kind of, you know, breaking down your illusions. And it's really important um, to be uh, kind of honest with yourself and genuine with, with how you're interacting with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've found that kind of as a result of that, as, as I've worked really hard to um, be honest and transparent with myself, that's been something that's become more and more important in what I'm looking for in a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to, you know, try and pretend like, oh, it's like just, you know, just like it's only the Buddhists that are interested in somebody who's like no BS because right. um, that's obviously not the case. But I think I um, prioritize it in a way that I maybe otherwise wouldn't do. OK. Uh, what about you, Vanessa? Um, I think it was Tyson that spoke before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, same thing uh, with Tyson. Um, yeah, I went to um, my family was big in the church I have. Um, an aunt who's a pastor. I have uh, two cousins who are pastors. Um, everyone's like 
all up in the church. Um, <laughs> but they never one never never went hand in hand with the with the other. Okay. Um, yeah, I went. I mean, yeah, they. Yeah, it's pretty much as simple as that. I went to church, had sex, never had an issue with the the two joining. Well, I didn't go to. I didn't have sex at church. Okay, <laughs> I was I was going to ask. Like I was like. <laughs> Is, was that the place? Like that was fun. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was. Just, I mean, I know those. Pre- I know those preacher kids are out of control, but man, like, is that where it was going down? Like, yikes. Okay. Yeah, but no, no, okay. no issue at all between the two. Cool. Uh, what about you, Shannon? Uh, well, my family's Roman Catholic, um, so if you know anything about Roman Catholicism. Um, you might expect that, you know, many people are sort of expected to find sort of the singular partner um, in their life. And uh, that didn't really work out well for me um, since I was not a late bloomer. I was a little bit of an earlier uh, experimenter with sex. So um, the the religious sort of influence on my sexuality did not really um, bear a lot. Um, you know, I think that I sort of carried some degree of guilt, I guess, with me when I would make choices, um, would move on to, you know, a partner or continue with a partner that wasn't necessarily right with me, but because I felt like that's kind of what a good person does Mm -hmm. is they sort of, you know, they stick it out whether or not um, physically, emotionally, intellectually, that person's right for you. It's just sort of the right thing to do. And And I don't know if that's, was the influence of uh, religion on my life and my attitude towards sexuality, but um, that was a behavior that um, I've since corrected. Right. Um, but it, it definitely um, was kind of a rule that I, I guess, a, a sort of a set of rules that I guess I felt I had to apply to my sexual relationships and over time just found that um, they didn't really make a lot of sense for me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, God. <laughs> I actually have a question for that. Did you receive any backlash from your parents or friends or siblings? Um, no. I mean, you know, it's there are different people in my family who have a deeper relationship with the church and, and um, are much more into being Catholic than I ever was. Um, that, you know, none of those people have to be my siblings. Um, my parents weren't um, deeply religious. My parents also had me at a really young uh, age, so I think that that sort of set the tone for me as well. You know, when your mother has you at 17, um, you know, you really start to wonder whether or not, um, you know, those, those rules should necessarily um, apply. So, um, no, I didn't, I, I didn't receive any, any specific sort of backlash. I mean, you know, typically, I guess the other reason would be was would be that I, I, I sort of kept, you know, any of my behavior um, <laughs> private, you know, right. for my family. So um, for, you know, many of the obvious reasons, um, you know, being a sneaky teenager. So um, that certainly came into play. Huh. Okay. If I could, I, I realized I forgot something that sure. marred my entire life. Um, Yikes. The religion was very much um, a patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And the lesson I learned as a child was you do what your man tells you to do. Okay. Mm. Now, being a strong-willed, independent, even as a, a girl, and then 
growing into a woman, but once I started, you know, bringing, you know, having relationships with men and having sex with them, I expected them initially to be the lead. Mm-hmm. And I was very much, you do what your man tells you to do, mm-hmm. very much um, submissive. I didn't even realize I knew that I had the ability to take a lead. Right. Even, you know, we could swap roles and, and such. Like, like, now I'm so far removed from that. But mm-hmm. I, going back, that was definitely from my religion and my cultural upbringing. Wow. Um, oh God, I'm trying to think, like... Yeah, I, th- I think it was similar to... Uh, to Tyson and Vanessa and, and Liz, like it, it was never a situation where they went hand in hand. However, I had a lot of friends mm-hmm. where it went hand in hand, and there were a lot of like contentious relations, like contentious conversations that led to our friendships sort of being strained or what have you. And I think in part that has to do with sort of my whole slant on religion as it as as a whole, just sort of being like. I mean, it's there, girl, but, like, right. whatever. Like, it, it's not, to me, like, I, I do my best to not necessarily make it a big deal uh, because I don't necessarily want the idea of some invisible hand guiding my life without sort of my permission to say yes or no, you can do this. And, like, it gets into this whole thing of, of my willpower around things happening and my my making things happen or not or whatever. So I would always get into these like really contentious conversations about it. But honestly, I don't think I really had this sort of like weird religious reaction to it until like I lost my virginity. Then it was just a sort of like, what did I do? Kind of like it was it was immediate like like this weird freak out for like twelve hours. Um, and then, like, afterwards, I was just like, whatever. Like, at this point, there's nothing I can do about it. Like, I can't do anything about it. Um, so I was, like, I was okay. Um, but I think that 12 hours was probably the most religious I'd ever been in my whole life. <laughs> like, honestly, like, for me, like, church is for, like, naps and, like, coloring on the program. Like, because, honestly, that's all I ever did. Waiting for that grape juice. Right. Like, waiting waiting for it to make its way down the line, you know, and hoping that you came to a church that actually uses the good Welsh's grape juice and it's not great drink. Because <laughs> then you need to have a conversation with someone about it. Um, but, yeah, like, it, it, for me, it, it, most of the time, usually, often, doesn't really have a connection, but, like, it was right after like losing my virginity like I had this whole freak out like and I'm shocked that the guy that I slept with like was still friends with me afterward like because I would not have been friends with me afterward at all like I was I was a basket case um so when we we talk about sex like the conversation around sex nowadays and the and the way that it's being sort of shaped in um in like popular culture has this weird sort of evangelical tint like this underlying underneath where it's it's not directly referencing um, God or anything, but there's this there's this sort of inherent moralistic tent to it that you know that you you see that's being sort of bought into schools, and you have apparently like kids are being told you know just don't have sex, like don't don't even think about it, and you know you there are a lot of things that are being told to them t- to the point of being like. You should just abstain. Like, don't. So, for children, I think that's a terrible idea. But for adults, my question to you all is, like, 
in your in your life like is abstinence or celibacy like a, a valid sort of choice for you um tyson what do you think absolutely well for me personally absolutely not mm-hmm. like i've been forced into a sort of a celibacy since moving down to virginia mm-hmm. but you know like if this was me a year ago i'd be like oh my god i can't even go you know six or seven months without having sex that wasn't even an option for me right so i mean now i'm in it and you know why not i feel good about it now you know right right (laughs) less drama everything but you know i kind of miss the orgasms and all that but you know okay uh what about you tammy well yeah celibacy you pleasuring yourself is perfectly acceptable correct I don't I don't know if there's I don't know if there are any rules around it like I well I would say sure but I could be fine with that if I don't right now have a relationship <laughs> exactly if I don't currently have a relationship with anyone I can be celibate but I'm going to if I feel the urge and the mm-hmm. need I'm going to make sure I'm satisfied mm-hmm. by my own means yes okay. uh, what about you Vanessa uh, same thing here um, if I don't have sex for a while, whatever, that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually dating a significantly younger man who um, I took his virginity and now he's like insatiable. But <laughs> wow. as a 32 as a year old woman, at, at this point I'm all like, do we have to? Or no, it's okay. Or <laughs> I'm like, good night, I love you. Right. Kind of thing. But physically, I, I could totally live without sex and be celibate, that's fine. Okay. Uh, what about you, Shannon? I could not live without sex permanently, um, but I am. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, well, um, but I did for actually many years mm-hmm. um, as a married person, mm-hmm. and I can tell you that um, it's not a good thing. It's not a healthy thing. Um, certainly not if one of you wants to and another one of you does not. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think during that time, I know that during that time for me, um, it really forced me to better understand myself and um, what makes me happy physically because I was sort of forced to <laughs> right. uh, develop that strong understanding. Um, but I think that, you know, there are periods right now where, you know, I'm not seeing anyone and, and I'm fine with not having um, a physical relationship with someone else right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... You know, I think having, you know, a healthy relationship with yourself mm-hmm. um, is important. Um, and I, I feel that I have that. And I think that that kind of helps me to kind of manage through mm-hmm. um, the moments where, you know, you sometimes sort of long for uh, that the physical intimacy with another person. Um, there are times where, you know, if I feel that, you know, I'm open to the idea of having that kind of intimacy with someone that I don't necessarily want to have a relationship with, mm-hmm. I'm potentially open to um to that um and i i don't see anything wrong with that you know as long as you're safe and and both of you are consenting so um yeah that's it okay liz yeah i mean i i think i um feel very similarly to shannon about it that there have been times um you know where i wasn't actively seeing anyone or you know for whatever reason um that I wasn't having sex on a regular basis and, you know, like I didn't die, right? Right. I'm still around. I, you know, like could take care of myself if that needed to to happen. But um, something, the idea of like celibacy as a choice Mm -hmm. um, 
something about it just seems really sad to me of, you know, the idea that, um, cause you know, like you, you asked wh- how, what we think of when we think of sex, like it is a part of my life. It's part of who I am. It's something that's fun. It's a wonderful way to connect with someone that you care about mm-hmm. when you, uh, are in a, in a long-term relationship. It's a way that you can learn things about yourself that, um, you know, I think there's no other way that you can learn. Um, and so the idea of choosing to not to engage with any of that and just mm-hmm. closing the door altogether on that kind of, re- of uh, relationship with yourself mm-hmm. and, and way of relating and interacting with other people, um, it just seems really sad to me mm-hmm. to say, I mean, I, I have a hard time imagining anything that, would be serious enough or that would be a significant enough consideration that it would be worth it to give that up, you know, not just for the sake of like, Oh, the orgasms or whatever, but I mean, just from, for the whole experience of it. Well, I'm going to tell you, I have actively been celibate for like the last, (laughs) like, uh, three years, three years. And the reason for that is, uh, because of my second relationship that I developed, developed in while I was in India, that wasn't a guy that tried to suck my face off. Um, what I realized is that I was really immature and not, not necessarily sexually immature, but immature around like relationships and to the point that like literally wouldn't answer the phone, like to talk to this guy. And like, he was a really, really nice person. Like I was a terrible person and really immature. And, And part of that, that went into it is that it's something that I've been working on for a very long time is that I have a hard time being vulnerable Um, and I have a hard time of like letting someone in and for me like I have I have to be vulnerable with you in order to have sex with you so it's literally a bird was a perfect animal for me to choose because like if a bird doesn't trust you it's not gonna it's not gonna come near you Mm -hmm. sort of deal Um, so for me like I I am working on my ability to sort of relate to people better to to trust people more um, and to ensure that they will to trust that they will treat me like like a person like like a human and sort of sort of be be open to me in that way um but it's it's always been sort of something that that really like catches me like in my chest where I also feel like I feel sad about myself in 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 a way like I'm just like god you're so tragic like why are you like this um but then on the other hand like I like I I have this like weird sort of thing where I go back and forth where I'm like you should you should get yourself back out there but then I'm just like like people like it's it's really scary and it's really to the point of being sort of arresting for me um and I still have this issue with being vulnerable just like in my regular sort of relationships with just people that I know so I'm just like if I if I haven't gotten to that point like I I can't sort of move to that point to to be intimate with someone um going further uh, and it's something that I continuously work on, but I'm just like, I need to sort of take sex off of the table wholly in order to just like fix how I feel about regular stuff sometimes. Like, because if I can't fix that, like mm-hmm. it's going to be a disaster if I add like sex as like this intimate component on top mm-hmm. of it. It's, it's just going to be really, um, I don't know. Like it's, it, it's just, it's just going to be bad. It, at least that's the way sort of I look at it. It's just going to be, um, not it's not going to be satisfying for every everyone on each side and part of that kind of goes into the communication part that's so critical for sex like I sometimes am not a great communicator in spite of that being my verb 
it, it, it takes me a long time to get there. Like, if, if something really bothers me, initially I will tell someone it's fine, and I won't say anything. I'm just like, it's fine, whatever. Um, until I get to that point to be able to actually bring to words and, and kind of share it with folks. So I just actively have, have been sort of going down this path of getting to better know myself, getting to better understand how to communicate those things with other people, and then sort of, like, working on this, so got that therapist that I've always been writing about though like, <laughs> go me um, that's interesting though Thermal, because I mean don't you think about the fact that you know sometimes we sort of choose to communicate with people through our sexuality rather than showing them you know the more sort of vulnerable parts of ourselves because the physical stuff is kind of over and done with and we can sort of walk away from that but if we've sort of bared our souls to someone mm-hmm. that's you know that's that's a much sort of, you know much more serious and, and personal and, and vulnerable act. Um, so and it's it, kind of easier to kind of you know have sex and say okay you know I've been guilty of that. Yeah, you know, I, I did the fuck buddy thing. Like, before I actually made the decision to say, like, am I sure about this? Like, I did the fuck buddy thing. And, like, afterwards, like, I would just feel terrible. Like, I, I just felt terrible afterwards because it was just sort of like, there was nothing additional past that. Like, there, there was nothing more past that. Like, we were just like, high five, I guess we'll watch this boxing match <laughs> now. Like, I, I don't know. Like, this is, this is awful. Um, so... I like I get what you're saying, but for me, like I guess I'm that stereotypical woman that can't kind of separate the two or what have you. Like that, I, I just can't. Like for me, it, it I if I don't feel safe, if I don't sort of feel connected to the person, like I just I can't do it. Um, and for me, like if I can't connect with people, like there's no reason, like there's no reason for it to even be on the table, honestly. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm tragic. <laughs> uh, so yeah so that's that's sort of the life that I'm leaving uh, right here but but another part of it is that I'm wholly self-conscious about myself both like physically but also as far as um, just like I'm in spite of being the host of this podcast every single week when I put it out like I have a mini panic attack as soon as I hit submit and it goes into iTunes like I'm, I'm very insecure about the things that I create and that I put forward. Um, so, you know, I just, I, I am insecure about these things. So I wanted to understand, you know, if any of you feel insecure around sex and your bodies as you go into this experience with anyone. Um, Liz? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think it's possible not to feel insecure. I would, I would almost say um, that you're doing it wrong if you never feel insecure mm -hmm. because um, you know, like kind of like you, you were just talking about in order to really connect with someone sexually and to really let yourself go. Mm -hmm. um, you do have to make yourself vulnerable, even if it's outside of the context of a relationship, mm -hmm. um, you still need to feel comfortable saying, you know, like, Hey, that like, this is what I'm into. This is, you know, can we, you know, position things this way or right. whatever it is. Um, and that's inherently making yourself vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, even no matter how long you've been with the same partner, you can never 100% guarantee um, what their response is going to be, right. even if, you know, you can make an educated guess. Um, so I think, yeah, necessarily, like, you have to be a, a little insecure. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not a bad thing. It's, um, 
I guess that it can become damaging if, if you're insecure about um, things that you don't really have uh, control over or right. can't, you know, talk about or, or communicate about. Um, it's, you know, the, the courage to change and wisdom to know the difference, mm-hmm. like um, that kind of thing, you know, and, yep. and I would lump um, like body insecurities mm-hmm. um, into that, you know, I think um, kind of Shannon was talking earlier about insecurity, about whether or not you uh, have had an orgasm. Right. Um, that's not productive. Like if, you, if you're freaking out about whether or not you're going to have an orgasm, that's not going to help you get off more easily. Right. Um, so it's, it's acknowledging and being able to quiet those insecurities that mm-hmm. don't actually help you. Um, but it's okay. And then it's like, it's cool to be insecure about um, getting with someone for the first time mm-hmm. because then like when they're like, yes, all about it and you get that positivity back, like that right. makes it so much more satisfying mm-hmm. that it's like a little bit of a challenge than if you go in like, oh, I totally have this in the bag. I don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> right. we're, we're just going to do this like this and like whatever, then I'll saunter out and it's cool. Like right. you're not, it's not, it's not as fulfilling. You're not making as much of a connection that way. Right. What about you, Tyson? What do you think? I absolutely agree with her because, you know, once you guys can have a connection with your clothes on, but once you get down to, you know, being naked, that's your most vulnerable point. Mm -hmm. And if he still, you know, is like, oh, yeah, she looks beautiful. Yes. You know, I still, I get that feedback, that positive feedback. Of course, I'm going to, you know, feel a little bit more comfortable, but it's always that little bit of anxiety Mm -hmm. when he first sees you, you know, at your most vulnerable point. So, you know, I totally agree with her. Like, I'm always you know, kind of nervous that first time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, anxiety, I think, is is definitely the perfect word to, to sort of put around that. Yeah, there's there's definitely some anxiety. Uh, what about you, Tammy? I don't get that. No? But because I've done a lot of hard work, I've done a ton of mirror work. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll look at myself in the mirror, both naked, with, you know, lingerie on, um, with my, um, I learned to exotic dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took, lessons from a professional stripper so I know how my body moves I know every single little shape and bobble about it and Mm -hmm. I did that on purpose because as I was telling you earlier when I first moved here I would drive uh, I lived in New Jersey and they had these six foot high pictures of strippers every day I'd come to work in the city and I'd be gripping the steering wheel Mm -hmm. shaking pale uh, breathing heavy I I was like, I cannot live my life in fear over a picture of a woman who's sexy. Right. So I went into the depths of my fear. Right. I mean, that's really, there's no other way to, and I'm back on the other end. Mm-hmm. So I really don't get it any longer. And that's what I help other women That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. So. Okay. Cool. What about you, Vanessa? It's always been a little bit interesting, at least for me. Um, mm-hmm. I have a thing for cute little white boys. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> but you know, when they, my body type, you know, thick, I'm Hispanic, you know, I got my crazy hair and stuff like that. Um, of course, I'm always very self conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, but like right now, um, my current boyfriend, I've had. Uh, two other boyfriends I've dated for about three and a half years each. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, once you get used to it, then then it's okay. But that positive reinforcement mm-hmm. um, that they give, you know, when you actually believe them when they say you are beautiful. Right. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what you think. You're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, that just makes me, like, 
okay. All right, let's do this. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Shannon? Well, I think that, I mean, obviously insecurity is, is natural and, you know, we have concerns about sort of, you know, am I going to feel the right way? Am I going to look the right way? Am I going to smell? Am I going to taste the right way? And Mm -hmm. I think that sort of abandoning, um, those kind of comparisons that someone had brought up before, Mm -hmm. um, that you think that your, your partner at that moment might be, um, making, um, to the experience that they're having with you. Um, and also trying to abandon some of your own sort of personal expectations Mm -hmm. of, of yourself. Um, it's pretty important. Um, you know, having come from a relationship that was uh, not particularly sexual um, with my former spouse and then becoming um, kind of a sexual person again mm-hmm. um, and, and dating again was very interesting for me because, you know, many of my insecurities certainly came to uh, the surface. And, you know, I recall... Um, having um a first time experience with a partner who was considerably older mm-hmm. and feeling some fear for a variety of different reasons you know this person had just very different life experience mm-hmm. um it i hadn't been physically intimate with someone in quite some time mm-hmm. um there was just a lot of fear and nervousness and excitement um and there was still sort of this expectation that oh my body's not going to be quite good enough it'll be better if the lights are off and fully expecting that this partner was going to turn the lights off. Mm-hmm. And he certainly did not turn the lights <laughs> off. And for me, that actually made the experience so much more arousing and pleasurable that mm-hmm. this person wanted absolutely to see me and mm-hmm. experience me fully um, in the light. And that was incredibly gratifying and um as special to me, mm-hmm. um, even if that person didn't end up being particularly special to me, um, that that moment was um, um, was in a way, you know, uh, self affirming that you know any of the good things that I had been feeling about myself um, certainly outweighed any of the bad things that I was feeling. Right, and um, it just you know it's uh, it certainly helped to bolster my confidence. I'll say that. Okay. So that, that actually, a a lot of the things that all of you said sort of lead me into my next question around how much does sex play into your idea of femininity? Because you all sort of made this, this, it wasn't a direct connection, but there, there were inherent sort of hints toward it that it, there's there's a role that this plays in there, sort of the um, confirmation from your partner, you know, that you're special or that you're attractive or what have you, um, quells sort of any insecurities. But is there a larger connection between you know sex and and how you feel as as a woman, um, Tammy? Oh my! I think this is <laughs> what where the world has gone awry. This okay. is my. I think we don't worship women any longer and I think that um, yeah it's it's all about the feminine the sensual the um, that's the nurturing the caring mm-hmm. and people have sexualized everything to the point where we're so far at the other end of the spectrum but really we have to learn to mesh the two like mm-hmm. just because I'm sensual and oozing my my you know my beautiful curves my vivaciousness that doesn't mean I'm a whore that right. in fact 
when I'm in touch with myself and feeling really great about myself, mm-hmm. that's when I feel like I could cure the world, when I can nurture, when I can take care of people. I'm not angry. I'm not screaming. I'm not, you know, um, doing more damage. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm helping. And I think every person, not just women, men have that side of them mm-hmm. as well. But if they, you know, turn that off in themselves, they mm-hmm. lose that ability as well. Right. So. Uh, what about you, Tyson? Because honestly, like before Tyson even answers, like Tyson's the sexiest person I know, and I and I don't just mean that as like uh, like just from the way that she looks, like the the way that she carries herself is just like she could punch you in the face and you'd be like, thank God she punched me in the oh. face, like this is so great. Like, she wears her power. Yeah, right like there. Honestly, like hand to God, like Tyson is the sexiest person I know. Like just like, yep, no, she's hot. Like. She, Bruh. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, straight up. I, I, was the I don't even feel too. that yeah. way. Like, I really don't even really feel that way. Like, you just have the confidence in yourself. Like, I just feel like when I wake up, like, yeah, I'm the baddest bitch out here. Like, <laughs> ain't nothing nobody can say. Like, I don't care. I can have, you know, you know, sweatpants and a dirty shirt on. I'm still the baddest bitch I've walking out her here. Like that. That's and how that is I how she acts. Yeah. Like, absolutely. And it's not you competing with other women, it's just you no. making yourself feel that way from the inside out. Absolutely, that's where it starts. Like, you know, it's true when they say, like, if you're not having a good day or whatever, like, if you dress up and make yourself feel good, if I look good, I feel good. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just it. That's kind of like my motto. Like, I can have a shitty ass day and have to deal with this and that, but, like, I walk out with some heels on, I'm looking good, I feel good. That's all that matters. You can't tell me nothing at that point. And so does does sex play like a big role in in that way of of you feeling that way or not at all or or even no, in the way I, that you I define that I'm, no i just think i'm just cute as shit so like as <laughs> long as you think that <laughs> that's just how i feel like right. doesn't matter like as long as i like how i look that's mm-hmm. all that matters can't tell me nothing like. <laughs> amen tyson amen uh <laughs> what about you liz yeah um I I, uh, I have a lot of uh, difficulty with femininity. I, I mm-hmm. don't feel like I'm very good at um, a lot of kind of the more uh, traditional cultural definitions of, of femininity. Um, and, you know, thinking about um, kind of the, the traditional uh, cultural ideas around masculinity and sex, it's... Uh, this idea of like the guy as the you know like totally heteronormative uh, guy as the pursuer, and so then the woman's role is um, to be the gatekeeper, and so mm-hmm. the the guy's like asking, asking, asking for the sex. The woman's like, no, 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 um, okay, fine, and th- like there's no room in that narrative um, for the idea that a woman would want sex or. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that it would be a good thing for a woman to be saying yes, and so I think kind of a lot of my own journey has been um, figuring out the way of bringing sex back into uh, my femininity, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and embracing the things that make me strong and sexy, and uh, realizing that that doesn't make me, you know, any less feminine or any less of a woman. Right. Uh, what about you, Shannon? I agree with so much about what she just had to say. Um, and I, you know, I don't really feel like I want to repeat too many of those things because I mean, I think she made so many great points, but, um, yeah, I think I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Um, yeah, Thanks, I, Shannon. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> I think, um, I think I agree with you in the sense that, you know, I, 
I have this idea that women are the gatekeeper to sex um, because when I crafted this question I have not gotten the answer that I thought I was going to get both <laughs> days of doing this podcast like I have not gotten the answer because the way that I look at sex and how it describes femininity like or or masculinity as far as masculinity is concerned like I feel like sex to, to, to men or sort of how it's portrayed in society is that the act of completing sex is like that is the, the cornerstone to manhood like that that is what men should sort of strive and look excuse me look for whereas with women it's not the completion of sex is not so much the the end game more as convincing someone to actually have sex with you and and making someone sort of want you or, or uh, sort of go there which even now that I think about it with with what Liz bought up because I agree with you like I've, I've always had an issue with the traditional sort of definition of femininity often because I never fit into it like as a kid like I was always the girl that was taller and bigger than both the boys and the girls <laughs> like and it sucks to be like in fourth grade and literally like a head taller than everyone in your class. So you kind of stick out and you're never sort of picked as like the girl that's the pretty girl because you're the big girl. Like it's just like, oh, that sucks. But also I was never sort of into the things that were sort of described as conventional sort of femininity. Like keep your fucking dress. Like I really don't have time for it. Like honestly, like it's, it's not my thing. Like I'm going to wear these jeans. I'm going to wear these boots or these sneakers and a t-shirt and like I'm going to go with that. Um, and it's always been sort of sort of difficult um, to, to kind of connect to it. And, and, to, and I always felt that sex was sort of inherently connected in being able to use your femininity to convince someone to have sex with you. Well, and like, I feel like it's, it's it, like it sucks for the guys too. Right. You know, I mean, like, can you imagine, like, I mean, it's something that, you know, as women culturally, like we don't really have to deal with, but like, can you imagine this idea of like, you know, your you like your your job for the day. Part of that is going out and like asking people out and asking people to have sex with you, or whatever. And like mm-hmm. you just have to go into it assuming that like ninety nine percent of them are going to turn you down. Like I like just turn around and get back in bed. You know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah. Like read a book or something. Yeah. Well, and I don't I don't think of I don't think that we need to do anything to attract sex. Mm-hmm. And in fact, for women, I think the end result is actually babies or children just what you've hit Mm -hmm. upon and why your parents were like don't have a baby (laughs) you know like that to me is i think that's what we've forgotten we as women we really don't need to do anything extra we Mm -hmm. need to just be ourselves and that alone once you're comfortable in your own skin becomes very alluring okay yeah i mean uh, like it's it's just sort of i don't know like maybe i just have a jacked up sort of connection I don't know like clearly this is unfolding a lot of things for me um, <laughs> just sort of have this like reluctantly adult <laughs> listen I I am the worst at adulting usually um, but you know it's it's just sort of a, a, a difficult thing to sort of come into into contact with um, and, this, and this was something that was actually very interesting um, because Tammy when I reached out to you you said that one of your pet peeves around sort of talking about sex was just around how people were very immature about it and, and it's not a conversation that's had with the assumption that like let's set a let's set a baseline here that everyone at least knows about sex mm-hmm. and to some degree everyone has experienced it and then let's go from there yeah as an adult 
regardless of the fact that you can have sex, it's still very hard to talk about it. Right. You, you know? still get the flushes to the face. You still get the, the body language that immediately closes up. Yeah. The, the discomfort is palpable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's it's sort of one of those things where it's like, you also don't know, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier about comparing to, to other people because you, in in my premise for this show is, the reason that I'm doing it is because we don't know, I feel like people in my generation as millennials, there's a, there's some information that we don't know, and the reason that we don't know it is because we're afraid to sort of ask for it, because we don't know what that's going to make us look like on, on the other side. Um, and, and that can be arresting because, you know, you have these old timers, air quotes, going around saying, well, in my day, you know, yeah, you went to school barefoot in the snow, uphill both ways, we get it. Like, this is a new day and age, you know, things are, are really at the tip, you know, tips of our fingers for us to experience without actually having to experience them. So when it comes time for you to have to sort of deal with it, it's very hard to address it. Um, because you've never had to physically be there. You know, you, you've never had to, you've, sure, you've witnessed it. I can watch something on YouTube a million times, but until it comes to me to actually have to be something that, you know, I have to deal with, it's, it's, it's really, really difficult. So, you know, I, I want to ask you and, you know, everyone else is, is just sort of, you know, what's the thing around sex that you feel like you just haven't mastered and you're just like, shit, like I still, I still got to work on this. Grace. <laughs> like Talking just, about it. it I, oh, I, I will just push my agenda down people's throat. Okay. Even when I see the uh, flush face and the closed body language, mm-hmm. and I'm like, damn. <laughs> just because I've plowed my way through doesn't mean everybody else wants to mm-hmm. plow their way through. So um, around the physical act of sex? Sure. Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> If, if that's you know if that's where you State go. The question again. So just sort of what's what's something about sex or or even sexuality that you just feel like you you haven't mastered yet. I I'm not too comfortable with men being vulnerable yet. Okay. I still am sort of stuck on that thing where, uh, like I mentioned, when I was raised, you do mm-hmm. what your man tells you to do. So mm-hmm. I always think they. I always go into it still to this day thinking that they should have a grip on exactly where they want to take the not only the the encounter mm-hmm. but the relationship and um but really men can also be like unsure of themselves right and i'm not i'm not that comfortable with that yet. okay i okay. need to work on that <laughs> all right what about you shannon well you know my my nature sort of out of the bedroom is probably similar to my nature in the bedroom with regard to being really direct about mm-hmm. the things that I want and that oh, I yeah, like. Shannon's super direct. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, and, and it's definitely, you know, something that, you know, I have not um, hidden from any of my partners. But I think one of the challenges is that, you know, that directness can be a little bit threatening and intimidating, um, even to the most sort of... Um, seemingly confident partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like one of the things that I need to possibly work on is allowing my partner to be a little more direct with me, um, allow them to be maybe the more sort of, I don't want to say aggressive, mm-hmm. um, 
maybe I do want to stay aggressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and aggressive, you know, a little aggressive um, is necessarily a bad thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you know, softening it up a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I don't want it to soften things up in other ways. But right. um, maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> dialing, <laughs> perhaps, <laughs> perhaps dialing it back mm-hmm. would 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 help me um, mm-hmm. in some instances, not, and, and not in all. Um, that's uh, just just something that you know I've been reflecting on. Okay. Uh, what about you, Vanessa? Um, thinking as far as my current relationship, I think one of one of our issues I've touched on it before is the the amount of of sex mm-hmm. that we both want and expect. Um, I I personally think I I'm sexual once I'm like in the bedroom or in the act, mm-hmm. but the there's not so much of a of an there's an unequal urge i guess you might as well say Mm -hmm. so while of course it's flattering that you you're with someone that doesn't want to keep their hands off of you Mm -hmm. but obviously it's some an issue sounds like it's negative but there is you have to really i i personally have to work on Mm -hmm. getting more in tune of and communicating the the amount right and the the frequency Mm -hmm. i guess because you mean definitely yes i want to be very sensual and sexy and feel that way with my with my partner but at the same time it's not fair to like the other person so I would pretty much say the biggest issue is just making sure you're communicating the the level and amount at least for me personally Mm -hmm. okay uh what about you Tyson um is there there, oh I'm sorry I was going to repeat the question but never mind go ahead (laughs) sorry I was listening (laughs) no but (laughs) No, but I agree with her, like, you know, especially early on in a relationship, like, mm-hmm. my whole thing is, you know, okay, I, do you want to have sex? There's so many times, whatever, how do you want to do it? But, you know, too, like, it sounds like I want to match the one thing, I want to explore, too. Like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, we did this. I know if I do this to him, he's going to like that. Mm-hmm. But what if I do this? I want to see, like, you know, if he likes that, too. So, like, I don't, I like to know what he likes to get him off, but still at the same time is I want to explore to see like what else is, is out there for him. Like what else can I do to, you know, make him feel this way or me, vice versa. So, you know, like I like to master some things, but you know, I like to have it open. So, right. you know, we can still do what we need to do. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about you, Liz? Um, I would say it's like, I, I, uh, would like to be better um, just at like straight up initiating. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, like, you know, it's one thing to say you'd like to talk generally mm-hmm. about like, hey, you know, like, yes, sex is great. I love having sex. I love doing this and that thing. Um, you know, and I I'm, I'm, can talk about that with my partners, but then like um, actually taking it the next step of like, hey, you, let's go have sex right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think kind of requires me to be vulnerable in a way mm-hmm. that is still like a little bit scary for me. Okay. I think for me, like it's, it's a more tactical thing. I I don't know, but I'm terrible at giving head. I haven't actually gotten like (laughs) bad feedback, but I just feel like I'm bad at it. And in part, the reason that I feel bad at it is because I hate doing it. I genuinely hate doing it. Like I'm just like fuck. 
like, oh my god, is it your birthday? Oh my god. Like, <laughs> fuck, okay, like, shit. Okay, um, Can I hire someone else? <laughs> right, like, honestly, like, listen, I got these freebie coupons that you can go out and pick anyone. Anyone else can do this. Choose the cheese, dude. Exactly. And, like, in this case, like, cheese is my first love. Um, yeah, and it, if we were to flip that question sort of on its head, yeah, I would absolutely not give up cheese in that respect. I just, I just feel like terrible at it. Like I'm just like, oh my god, are you done yet? Are you done? Like it, it's, it's just something that I just don't feel like I'm good at. And I can like, I think Tyson, I think I asked you like in the past, and you were just like, you just got to practice, man. Like you just, you just got to go at it. And I'm just like. But it's something that I hate. Like why? Like honestly, like it's it's practicing something that you genuinely hate. Like why would I do that? Like this this is terrible. Um, I would almost say just not do it. I mean, I, yeah. I would think that most honestly, most partners just don't want you to do it if they can tell like that you it. hate doing it. I haven't I mean, had anyone like that. Derived from that, right? <laughs> I, I have. A, I have. Honestly, I have yet to have anyone like that where they're just like, "Girl, you gonna have to tough it out." Like, <laughs> <laughs> good luck. Like, it's just like, fuck. Like, this is this is terrible. Like, this is awful. This is so awful. And the reason that I also don't want to just sort of be that person to be like, oh well. I don't do this is because I don't want someone to be like, well, I don't either. Like, <laughs> well, this is clearly not going to work out then. Like, All right, let's, let's just shake hands and, oh, that was great. Right. <laughs> nice to meet you. Uh, I guess yeah. this Netflix and chill didn't go out as, as well as we thought it was. Okay. Netflix and Gouda. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, got, I got this nice fondue pot if you were interested in it, though. Yeah. No, I, I, think, that, I think that that's definitely something that I... I, I mean, I, I think that's also, done. though, like a, a communication and, mm-hmm. and picking your person thing, mm-hmm. right? Of like, um, you know, picking partners where, you know, you can say like, hey, I want to get better at this. How can we have me get better at this mm-hmm. in a way that's like fun for both of us and right. not going to freak me out and, mm-hmm. you know, or wreck your dick or whatever um, <laughs> it's just something to be worried about I'm sure yeah I'm sure you're not that bad at giving head not um, that bad but you know like if there's bad and then I'm just like a scotch past that like I don't I don't think anybody was like those teeth though like those teeth like but I mean can you imagine a man who you know or any partner who's about to go down on you and just before they say do it they say god I really hate doing that. I never actually say it like but I'm sure my body language is just like I, was, I feel like my clitoris gagging. Is like, sure <laughs> like don't be so mean to my yoni right exactly yeah like oh god man um, I think I think we've we've sort of hinted around this, but sort of what are the things that you expect out of your your sexual relationship with your partner? Um, you know, and Vanessa, I want to sort of start with you because in the the last method, the the last answer that you gave, you should have said that right now you're sort of trying to balance out, you know, how often you have sex, sort of the frequency and everything like that, sort of. On a whole, like, what is it that you're that you're looking for from this when you, when you have sex with someone? I, in the bedroom, I'm always I'm I'm more selfless. Mm-hmm. Um, where um, with and the same thing is with with my boyfriend too, I guess. Um, 
in a sexual experience, I'm always more than happy to, you know, if we're about to go out or something, mm-hmm. happily, we might be naked, but I'll gladly, like, I'll get you off or, mm-hmm. you know, I'll suck your dick or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll, I'll put my clothes on and I'm like, oh, okay, let's go. But he's like, you know, babe, you know, let's, I want to do something for you or whatever. Right. Um, so that's probably like another, mm-hmm. another thing. Um, but I think I might have gotten off topic slash I don't remember what the question was. <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> it was just sort of, like, sort of like what, what you expect. Like, do you expect that expect? sort of recipro- reciprocation or are you just sort of like, eh, whatever? Um, I guess I would say I expect it, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that also just could be because that's what, that's what I know. Right. Um, but I, I guess as far as like a strict expectation... And I do receive this as well. It's the the respect mm-hmm. where um, it's either it can go from respect if I do or I don't, mm-hmm. or respect that this is what I want to do. Maybe do you want to try or right. you know if not? Um, and then again, that just pretty much boils down again to that communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit of everything, I guess. Okay. Uh, what about you, Shannon? Uh, like honesty and enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that those are key, and, and certainly, you know, as our last speaker said, uh, communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so those three things are are most critical for me. Okay, uh, what about you, Liz? Um, yeah, I think I expect like someone who is excited to have sex with me and mm-hmm. thinks that sex oh. is fun and that we're gonna share an experience together. Um, you know, and that they'll be present and attentive and care about me getting off and I'll care about them getting off. Um, and kind of like, bon- I, I like the thing that I always sort of don't expect but would like um, is like if, if I can get a little something new out of it also. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I mean, not even like, you know, like crazy new position or kinky thing, but just sort of, you know, like a... a an additional understanding or, you know, like, oh, like this person is shaped like that. So, you know, these are the positions that work better, you know, Mm -hmm. like it made me feel a certain way or something like that. Okay. Um, Yeah. I like that one. That one's good. Yeah. I copy her. (laughs) (laughs) Ditto on that. Uh, What about you, Tammy? I expect you to make me your preference. And by that, what I mean is I want you to express your preference of me. Mm Um. I know men are attracted to other women. Mm-hmm. I'm even attracted to other women. Um, but I want it to be known, like you just need to say, but baby, it's always about you. Right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that to me creates openness, um, a security. It allows me to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's saying, you know, there's other things, there's other stimuli out there, but I'm always coming back to you. Right. Okay. And what about you, Tyson? I mean, like I said before, like, before I can get to the point of having sex with somebody, like, I need to know that I can have a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. So even if we're just having sex and doing this all night, after all that, Mm -hmm. you can sit there and talk and have a meaningful conversation about whatever we're feeling. We can be open with each other. Right. You know, like, that's something that no matter how serious the relationship is, we should be able to communicate. It shouldn't just be about the the act. Mm -hmm. So if I can't have that, that's something that's, you know... I, that's one thing. I'm very relaxed about a lot of rules, but that's one thing that is a deal breaker for me. I need to have that in a sexual relationship. Okay. I actually, real quick, I, I agree with that because I, um, 
I always find it entertaining after me and my boyfriend are having sex. Well, he, he, he's not the type of person where you know, he puts on his clothes or puts on his pajamas or whatever. He's like, no, baby, you know, lay down with me and we'll, be, we'll talk about music or the last Aerosmith concert and mm-hmm. you know, this type of guitar or whatever. And like, that is, is nice to have that. Obviously, you're comfortable enough with, your, with that person you're having sex with sharing a moment, mm-hmm. but you want to keep it intimate as long as possible even mm-hmm. though the physical aspect is done at that time right I actually I kind of want to um, ask people a question because I feel like when I uh, was in my so let's say like early 20s um, and this happened with multiple guys so I'm like is this a, a common thing but mm-hmm. after like the first time that we would um, have sex or fool around or whatever when we would be like hanging out cuddling in bed we would end up telling each other jokes is that like? Did, did anybody else have like the favorite joke conversation after like it? It came up so repeatedly that I was like, "Is this just a thing that like?" And I, I kind of miss it. Like it's fun to be like you know you kind of have that glow and you're like really bonded with someone and then you're like laughing together and like. I wouldn't say joke, but definitely random conversations where you are laughing. Yeah. Yeah. I t- I tend to talk about play-by-plays <laughs> so like oh that was cool when you did mm. and then I said uh, and you know like and we I tend to do that afterwards okay <laughs> which is fun uh for me I'm uh stunted clearly like I'm just like okay you can get out like just go like, I'm done like I, I don't know like again like I, ha- I just have a, a very hard time in being vulnerable like and to your point like if you've gotten this far like you you've been vulnerable like you like <laughs> but I also have this strong sometimes dislike of people where I just don't want to be around people where it's like an introvert but like on steroids sometimes where I'm just like dude can you just oh my god I think you're my spirit animal <laughs> You know, like, I genuinely just sort of don't want to be around people where I'm just like, get out. Like, like, unless it's, like, the apocalypse and I need to, like, possibly save someone, like, I really don't need to talk to you anymore. (laughs) Um, But then again, like, I always feel like that's so so childish and so, like, short-sighted or what have you, but... uh, other times I'm just like, maybe I am practicing to be a shut-in one day. Like, maybe that's what I'm doing right now. Start buying the canaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that they can chirp uh, when I die. Yes. Um, no, I mean, I have a dog, so clearly he'll bark, like, if I die. Like, so the neighbors will know. <laughs> that's so sad. <laughs> so tragic. Uh, um, yeah, so... We're going to actually wrap up, but I have two more questions for you as we're as we're wrapping up. Um, the first would be, you know, which which of your ideas about sex, like as as you've aged or what have you, have changed the most, and then which of those ideas have changed the least? So whoever wants to go first can jump in. Um, I guess I would say um, <clears throat> when I compare the amount of men that I've had sex with, mm-hmm. um, like with my three other sisters. Mm-hmm. My three other sisters guaranteed for a fact no more than three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have my number significantly more. Um, I think I would say that it really doesn't matter mm-hmm. the number. Um, it's a matter of as long as your level of self-respect mm-hmm. stays exactly the same, as high as 100 as, as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something I've been able to definitely 
hold on to. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the the one thing where you know when you're when you're thinking back, really keep this keep this straight because that the other stuff doesn't that number doesn't doesn't matter. So what's had, what's changed the most for you then? What's changed the most? It, well, I guess well, it's that that assumption. Okay. That uh, the the less the less the better. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, um, the assumption where. Um, my my sisters know mm-hmm. <laughs> the amount for me or whatever, um, and it's it's that assumption where a higher number is bad. Um, that 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 has definitely changed. Where it's not at all what what mm-hmm. needs to stay the same is that high high level of uh, self esteem. Okay. Um, what about you, Tammy? Well, I already mentioned the one that changed the most, which is you do what man, your man tells you to do. Which right. is now I can go to both ends. He can also do what I tell him to do. So it's fun Ayo. to dance on both, you know, both realms. What has changed? What ha, uh, so what has not changed? I had it and it's gone now. Um, I think come back to you. Yeah, come back because it was a it was a good one in, in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> Let me think about it. All right. Uh, What about you, Liz? Yeah. um, This is a hard one. I'm thinking, I think um, what has changed, you know, I don't know if it's changed or not. I I feel like I've like gone, you know, like the the importance that I place in sex on relationships has sort of like when I was younger, it was like super important. And then I went through some like relationships with guys who didn't want as much sex as I did, um, kind of as a result of of me um, deprioritizing it a little bit. And so mm-hmm. now I'm like sort of back um, to acknowledging that for me that's something that's really important. It's mm-hmm. okay if that's not you know like, but I I just should not be in a relationship with a guy who doesn't care about uh, how much sex we're having. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean I think I. Um, kind of have, have uh, consistently thought that like sex is fun and it's, mm-hmm. it's a fun thing to do together and um, I don't think that's changed very much and that's cool I'm happy with that not changing okay uh, what about you Tyson now for me when I looked at this question I was like one thing that has changed I couldn't really think of anything mm-hmm. but one thing I can say from the beginning is I went into it with an open mind Okay. So even from the beginning, I didn't have any expectations like, oh, this is going to be great or it's going to be horrible or whatever. But that's one thing I've always kept. Like, all right, I'm going to go into an open mind. I might like this. I might like that. I might try something new. Mm-hmm. And I might like that. You never know. So right. that's one thing I can say. Like, I'll try something at least three times. One time to try it. The second time to see if I like it. The third time to make a decision. So okay. that's how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that that seems fair. That's that's fair, you know. Uh, what about you, Shannon? These are all really great answers, and I definitely find myself agreeing with uh, and identifying with a lot of them. Um, you say the thing for me that hasn't changed is that um, I've always been pretty direct, like as I said before, about about the things that I do and I don't like, and mm-hmm. and that's um, been pretty consistent throughout most of my experience. Um, what else? What did I want to say? Um, I guess one of the things that I wanted to talk about was just sort of the notion of um, sex not necessarily meaning um, you're in a relationship with someone mm-hmm. and that um, going back to one of the panelists um, 
statements about the number of partners and, mm-hmm. and sort of um, the nature of your relationships, your sexual relationships, um, it, it's different. And it's, you know, it's entirely up to you to sort of make judgments about what you feel uh, is a respectable number or is what constitutes a relationship with someone. And I think that one of the things that's really sort of changed for me in that regard is that, you know, if I choose to have one night with someone mm-hmm. and, um, and I don't hear from that person again, sometimes I'm really kind of glad whether the experience <laughs> has been positive or otherwise, mm-hmm. that, it, that it's okay. And that it doesn't have, um, any real sort of, you know, impact on how I feel about myself. It's mm-hmm. just it's an experience that, you know, that I've gone into willingly without any real expectation other than to find some sort of pleasure and satisfaction for one night with right. another sort of like-minded person. Right. Okay. So. And Tammy, we can come back to you. Well, it's, I, it never came back to me, Aww. but what hasn't changed is that I've always approached it like just curiosity Mm -hmm. and that is what has made me still continue to enjoy it like Kim said it's fun Mm -hmm. okay Uh, I think for me uh, um, yeah what's changed the most I think what's changed the most is honestly like probably my maturity um, has changed the most in in approach to it is that a a conversation can be had um, like an adult uh, around these sort of things and it doesn't necessarily need to result in sort of a, a freak out afterward. Um, and just sort of my approach to it can, can be as casual or as I need it to be to, to sort of ensure that I'm comfortable with it. Um, I think that the thing that has changed the least about it is nothing nothing has really changed (laughs) like outside of just you know being more comfortable with my approach to the conversation on on a whole um i think that i think that there's inherently still some anxiety around sort of sex in general and that's that's still changed the least for me um because i think that goes back to like i was saying sort of my insecurity just natural nervousness that goes around it um and just making sure that everyone Involved, and I don't mean like there are multiple people. Like I'm opening the door, like come on in, everyone. But just like each party involved is, you know, um, just sort of uh, comfortable in in that in that space or what have you. Um, so my last question for everyone is the signature question of the podcast, and that question is, and it has nothing to do with with sex or anything. So if that's all you were interested in in this podcast, you can stop now. (laughs) Um, But the last question is the signature question, and that is, what's the best advice that you have never taken? Yeah, that always stumps everyone. Hmm. Uh, Whoever wants to go first can go first. Well, I'm going to get mine out the way, Charmel. I knew this question was coming up. Yep. And... You know, I thought about it from the first time I heard the first podcast. I knew this question was going to be, you know, something I would be asked. And, like, honestly, I talked to my friend, and I was just like, I don't know what to say. Because, like, so many things happen, you know, with, through my life, and I just don't know, mm-hmm. like, the perfect answer to that question. Like, I'm so stumped. I'm going to come, come back to me in, like, a few other podcasts, and I'll give you a really good answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's fair. Liz? 
Yeah, I was I was thinking about this also. I think um, all of the advice to like, oh, travel while you're still young um, is something that I uh, perpetually intend to do mm-hmm. um, and have not yet so far. Um, okay. So that, that would be advice that I have not taken, but that seems worth uh, passing along to other people. I guess. To get your passport stamps up. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. Renew my passport. You, you might want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Shannon? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's the same one over and over, isn't it? Like, oh, you can absolutely do better than him. So <laughs> oh, no. not quite yeah. learned. But I'm getting much better at that. I'm okay. getting much better at that. All right. Uh, what about you, Tammy? For me, it would be the save X amount of dollars every month. Mm-hmm. I so often start and then, you know, things come up and I dedicate that money to something else. Mm-hmm. And I always look back and say, wow, the amount of money I could have now. Yeah. Yeah. I, agree. I been, yeah. <laughs> Vanessa? This is actually a topic that's pretty important to me right now. Um, I would say if you don't like where you work or what you're doing mm-hmm. change and move or something like that Jermel mm-hmm. um, knows where I work <laughs> and uh, it's always an up and up and downhill battle mm-hmm. uh, so I think that's probably the biggest thing if you know you're nine to five if it takes up a lot of time a lot of time of your life so if you honestly aren't happy mm-hmm. with doing what you're doing whether it's the career field the general environment, the location, the culture of your company, whatever. We just got to get out and try something new. Mm-hmm. Cause, and that's what I need to hurry up and actually do because uh, <laughs> everyone tells me that. But then come the end of the month, I'm like, yeah, I got a paycheck. But it's like, oh, I don't like my money. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's probably be my thing. Honestly, just try to, try to find something that you actually like doing in, in a good environment. Fantastic. Ladies, I would like to thank you so much for being on Reluctantly Adult, being so open, being so honest, and, you know, just putting yourselves out there. I really, really do appreciate it. So thank you so much. Thank you. It was fun. Awesome. And that's it. This was such a fun episode. I I literally cannot tell you how much fun we had while we were recording this. Uh, I think my major takeaways for this week are, number one, bad kissers have to go. You got to hit the bricks and you need to take any guys with you that cannot bring a good conversation with them. Um, You know, and some other great advice was, you know, approach each relationship that you have um, on its own merits. You know, try your best not to compare um, unless it's a situation where you're like, you know, tried this one thing before. Can we consider trying it here? Um, you know, just just allow your your partner that open line of communication so that you both get out of the relationship what it is that you need. Um, also, yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. Yes, I absolutely know that my all ladies podcast panel um, was cisgendered hetero women. Um, I did my best to diversify the panel um, to be much more inclusive, uh, but because of the snow that we had uh, the weekend before I recorded this, um, scheduling just just didn't align for everyone and it didn't work out. Um, I was incredibly conscious of that, 
Um, And I promise that as I continue with this podcast, um, I am totally open to having uh, a wider, more diverse variety of people on to ensure that I'm encapsulating um, as many different points of views as possible. So, yes, I'm aware. I know. I'm working on it. (laughs) Um, Also, uh, tell me what you thought of the episode. Um, You can leave me a comment on the website at www.ireluctantlyadult.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at iReluctantlyAdult or on Twitter at ReluctantlyADLT. Or you can email me at iReluctantlyAdult at gmail.com. You can also rate and subscribe the podcast on iTunes. Uh, Also, I want to know what topics you guys want me to have conversations about and around. Um, I currently have an editorial schedule, but I can totally change that editorial schedule if uh, the topics that I have coming up are not necessarily things that you want to hear. My whole point of doing this podcast is to offer millennials information uh, that they feel that they don't have enough information around. Um... So let me know uh, if you don't, you know, like to do the typing, uh, you can send me a voice note, send it to me at ireluctantlyadult at gmail.com and uh, I'll listen to it. I will read everything that you send me because um, I genuinely care about um, what you guys think about this. So I hope you all enjoyed uh, next week's episode. I really encourage you to tune in because it is going to be crazy. So excited for it. Um, Yeah, so I'll see you next week. Thanks.